When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And just a little bit of a disclaimer, after two and a half years, I got COVID. (laughs) And so it's settled, of course, into my vocal cords. And so I sound a little bit different, but that's okay. You're not, you're not listening to listen to me. You're here to listen to my guests. And so please join me in welcoming Mark Havener to our program today. Welcome, Mark. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. I, I, I definitely don't have COVID and, um, I'm sitting comfortably with a, with a voice that works. Perfect. I love it. So that means you can give us all sorts of great insight. So let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this. So Mark Havener is a marketing and communication strategist with a specialized focus on brand and executive thought leadership, strategic content development, and corporate communication strategies. He has more than 20 years of experience aligning messages with business goals and developing myriad communication vehicles and message strategies for a lengthy roster of clients. He started a consultancy in 2021, focusing on industry leadership communications and marketing. He is also the co-founder of Renovata. So again, Mark, welcome. Thank you for having me. This is uh, this is wonderful to be here. Nice to meet you. We, we chatted so much uh, before we started recording. I know. I know. Like you know I always say that I should start the, the recording before then, because that's when the real nuggets come out, right? Right. Um, well, what I always like to start with is to have my guests tell us how they got to where they are today. So how is it that you discovered that this is your passion in life? Uh, it's been a journey, that's for sure. Um, I, I never imagined that I would be running my own, you know, uh, uh, business, and I, I never imagined that I would be focused on on this quarter of the business world. Um, but I started in uh, kind of a scrappy marketing role in retail. Uh, actually, worked uh, with Whole Foods Market mostly getting their magazine displays together. And if you've ever been to Whole Foods and you see that their magazine displays look different than your normal grocery store, right. uh, that's by design because we used to do demographic analysis of the neighborhood and then determine, you know, which magazines would sell best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I ended up working at an agency for almost 15 years mm-hmm. uh, as an integrated marketing communications firm. And um, and during that time, I, I spent... Um, uh, uh, not knowing what what publicity was into becoming an executive in communications. And mm-hmm. so it was it was a it was a great journey with this fantastic firm. Um, but I also started feeling a little antsy towards uh, the end of my tenure there because mm-hmm. um, I, I was seeing that a lot of the strategies, the tactics that we were using mm-hmm. with clients simply weren't working anymore. Mm-hmm. 
And agencies, not just ours, but across the board, were having a difficult time navigating. And this was really when um, I would say about three or four years ago, when things okay. just started changing so much in the communication mm -hmm. landscape, very difficult for people to keep up. And I found that because I was in an agency, I was really constrained in what could, what I could actually do for mm -hmm. clients mm -hmm. um, because we had things like billable hours and right. we had, you know, scopes of work and things mm -hmm. that, you know, were required. You had a to do. contract. Had a contract. <laughs> and the contract stipulated what we were supposed to be right. working on, mm -hmm. whether or not that helped them in mm -hmm. the least was sort of beside the point. Mm -hmm. We were also guided by their strategies, the mm -hmm. client strategies. Um, the really good clients would listen to us and we could be partners and advisors, right. but most of the time we were just workhorses. They would say, no, no, you're supposed to do five press releases this month. Right, right. And where are our placements? And mm -hmm. and I, I I would I would be in a position where it's like, well, okay, it, let's say you we, we 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 can talk more about this later, but I mean the idea that you we can get you the placement, but is that actually helping you? Right. And you're spending all of these billable hours on mm -hmm. something that I don't know that is what mm -hmm. you need. Um and it's so I got a little disenchanted with the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And decided to start off on my own, uh, really focusing on tactics I knew would work. Well, I should say strategies that I knew would work. Um, but those strategies require a much more integrated posture with the clients. And so it, it's not like an agency who can take on a bunch of clients. It really is. I just can take on the one or two and really work on your business. And and that's the model I've been on. And and since then, uh, it, it, it's expanded into a, a, a new enterprise where I have a business partner now and Renovata is formed. Mm -hmm. And we're now, we're now doing some really interesting, uh, interesting work. And it, mm -hmm. the, the journey was really just, you know, finding my way mm -hmm. through all of this. I love it. You know, and, and I've been doing public relations and marketing for uh, way too many years. Um, <laughs> and, and it really is incredible how things have changed. I mean, you know, when I originally started doing PR, that was back when we still printed the, the press release, printed a copy of the photo and sent it, you know, and, and all of these things. And it was about developing relationships with reporters. And, you know, whether it was an, uh, a, a, you know, a news outlet, an industry pub, you know, whoever. And, you know, and, and we also wrote white papers, things like that. And of course, it evolved as technology evolved. You know, you you emailed things. I had one news director at a TV station say if I couldn't pitch them something on Twitter, it was too long. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really hard for me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what um, about the details? <laughs> I know. Yeah. And that was when Twitter was really, really short. I still is short, but yeah, it was really short then. Um, and, 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 and it was all about, we have the greatest fill in the blank in the world and you should buy it. Right. And, you know, and it was never, we didn't really give thoughts to, is it something they really need? Is it something they really want? You know, what purpose is it serving besides we just want to sell X number of things, either for our clients or for the company that, that we were with. And it really, as you were saying, has evolved into so much more because people now, you know, they... The, you know, we, we have the no like trust thing, um, which is obviously very important. But more than anything, people want to buy from companies that maybe have the same goals, have the same vision. And that's very hard for these old school type of, of CEOs and, and C-suite folks to, to even understand. Right. Yeah. And, and so much of communications uh, during my formative years was about um, positioning. 
mm-hmm. the company so that it sounded good or the product right. so that it sounded good. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is something your audience would want to hear. And and there was never any consideration or thought into, you know, well, is this newsworthy? And and right. and and then if it is, is this something that we need to communicate mm-hmm. through the media? Mm-hmm. And because I think what happened with the media is they got really sick of it, especially right. during the pandemic. It was mm-hmm. well, as I'm talking as if it's over, but the start mm-hmm. of the pandemic where, where it was, uh, you know, we actually have some hard news to deal with here, mm-hmm. people. And I'm pitching them about some widget, you know, right. and, and, yeah, and the like, media was well, like, come are on. Dying. this is not the time and so then we would say oh okay well maybe we need a program to help you know first responders or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and 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 then you know the media is still saying come on this isn't about you and there it is right it isn't about you it's Mm -hmm. about you know it's and so when 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 companies start thinking about uh externally about what what they're Mm -hmm. doing for the world for the community right for their customers or whatever mm-hmm. it is and make it about them mm-hmm. then then we're now we're talking you know that's something that that that, that we can build communications around right you know and and we credit or blame the millennials for this you know wanting to either work for companies that have the same goals or buy from them things like that and and i always laugh and i tell the people who are complaining to me about it you understand y'all raise them i mean yeah. you know um <laughs> and and I, it, that is true because I think, you know, I'm at the tail end of baby boomer and it was very consumer buy, 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 buy type of things. And then, and we looked at that and went, well, maybe that's not quite what we should be doing. You know, maybe you should get a job with a company that feeds your soul. You know, maybe, you know, maybe you should be buying from a company that is, is sustainable, you know, all of these things. And so then of course the little millennials went out and went, okay, that's, that's what we're going to do. But then it became expected of everybody. You know, when my mother, who is 90 years old, will only support companies that are doing things that are made in America. I mean, I think that's that's a very telling feature. Yeah, it's a, the, 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 well, I mean, we have infinite choices as right. consumers. Mm-hmm. And um, and so you can't. <laughs> You, you you have to you have to some way filter that for yourself mm-hmm. and so if you if you can uh, if you can find somebody that's aligned with with uh not only what what you think is important but mm-hmm. your your personal values right. um then it gets much easier then you could just mm-hmm. reject all of the other stuff as noise and just mm-hmm. focus on that and we do that as consumers and 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 you know i'm gen x uh and and gen x you know we we, we became really interested in lifestyle as right. a badge mm-hmm. and so you know we would have the posters in our dorms and then you know that translated into myspace if you mm-hmm. remember that where we would post things on myspace to reflect who we are mm-hmm. but we do that with brands you know i i, I purchase uh, things publicly so that people can see what my values are mm-hmm. and and it's almost, almost a lifestyle badge so right. if you are um a brand and you're trying mm-hmm. to reach me you better share my values mm-hmm. but now it's not just gen x now it's right. everybody everybody's right. thinking like that mm-hmm. yeah you know and some companies have always done that um you know i think volvo is is one of those companies that i always think of because they knew they were marketing to mothers Mm. And, you know, and, and, and that was, you know, that was exactly what their sales pitch was, was, you know, we're, it's safe, it's secure, all of these various things. Um, and, you know, or Jeep, you know, if you want to look at the other end of the spectrum, you know, Jeep was for the, the people who were going for wheeling and, and all of that. And, and they never tried to mix things. And I think that's been the problem with so many companies is they want to be everything to everyone. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, I'm sure you have this happen. I have this happen. Um, you know, you, I ask somebody, who's your target market? And they smile sweetly at you and they say, everyone. <laughs> everyone who is living on yes, this planet. You know, and maybe even if and... they're an alien, we can sell to them too. Um, well, know, when and, you say and, that, that means you don't have an understanding of what your own values are. Right. Uh, because you can't possibly have the same values as everybody. Mm-hmm. And when I say value-based communications, I'm not necessarily talking about personal values. Right. Although that can play into it. I'm talking about what is it that you're doing? What is your purpose? And how is it fixing somebody's mm-hmm. problem? And that somebody, that's your target market. Mm-hmm. And so if you, it, it, Jeep is a great example. One of my favorites is Don. Um, mm-hmm. They're really good at this. Right. Even in the 80s, when you see the commercial, you know, with the, you, know, you had other soap commercials, but mm-hmm. Don was always about like the mom sitting down on the couch with the family, not mm-hmm. about washing the dishes. Right. Or Why the ducks, that? the ducks that <laughs> the had ducks. oil and grease right. on them, right? Right, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so they, they there's two channels there. Mm-hmm. The first one is um, Don makes you a better mother mm-hmm. because you're not spending all your time washing right. dishes, right? Mm-hmm. You can spend time with your family. But the other one is Don makes you a better person mm-hmm. because look at you're saving the world, right? You know, and, and that's that's value based communication mm-hmm. and that's very targeted and very well done. Um, but if you just have I might go on a tangent here, but you know we're having an, uh, an acquisition crisis in marketing right now, and everybody's blaming um, Apple for this because mm-hmm. of the uh, updates on the phones. Now, 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 Facebook can't do all of the targeting that they used to be able to do. Oh, gee, so sad. <laughs> and um, but the, the acquisition costs have gone through the roof because mm-hmm. we were all riding this gravy train of saying, okay, well, I can target on Facebook, and then you know everybody will see my thing. Right. And now that we can't do that, um, people are saying, oh, I can't bring in customers anymore. And and it's because you your marketing has never been about the customer. Mm-hmm. If that's if your acquisition costs are high, that's why. Right. It's it's not about if it's about the problem you're solving mm-hmm. and and the value that you bring to them. Uh, then then acquisition acquisition doesn't have to be that high. Mm-hmm. Right, because you went to the people who are actually going to hopefully buy your product or service as opposed to this shotgun approach where you're hoping somewhere out there you might hit somebody. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's doubly true with PR because Mm -hmm. uh, when I talked uh, a few moments ago about does this even fit your business strategy, Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about is, you know, if you get the cover of Fast Company for your widget, you Mm -hmm. get the dream placement. Right. And and so the capacity company puts you on the cover, and you're 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 sitting there looking like some scrappy entrepreneur with like you know your dockers on, and you're mm-hmm. leaning against the desk, um, and, and you know you're going to have that framed in your office probably. It's, mm-hmm. it's the hit of the lifetime. Right. What does it actually do for your business? Mm-hmm. What does it actually do? Now it, right. it definitely gives you credibility, and mm-hmm. so if you're looking for investing or fundraising or that kind of thing, it definitely helps there. But but it's one and done, isn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, how many fast companies can you have? Right. And so if you are, if you're focused on this as your channel, I mean, what, what purpose does it serve Mm -hmm. for your business? And, and media is really, really difficult because you're, you, you really have to understand that the, the stories that get placed really don't have much to do with, uh, buying and selling. It's Mm -hmm. not a commerce tactic, it's, it's, it's credibility, it's awareness, um, and and so when when you when you are paying an agency to do this and your mindset is though this is going to help my business well what part of your business is it going to help mm-hmm. because i find a lot of startups will want that big fast company story thinking mm-hmm. that's going to propel their business when really all it is is a footnote right. in your overall business strategy mm-hmm. and so you might dump $60,000 to get that placement and then where what happens mm-hmm. when that when that money should have been in cult- cultivating a community around what you right. believe mm-hmm. and and then you have you know a, 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 a an audience that you can grow 
grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just an example of sort of the the 20th century thinking that's happening in, in, in the C-suite still. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I worked with a client years ago. <clears throat> she wrote this book. Great book. You know, and, and this was back when Oprah still had her book of the month. And so she, she hires me to do public relations. And I said, okay, let's talk about your goals. I want to be on Oprah. Okay, let's talk about your goals before then. (laughs) And she had none. I mean, that was her goal. And and so she wanted to go from zero to a hundred or more, you know, just boom like that. And so I tried to tell her, okay, first of all, let's now, you know, I was in Denver. So that's a major media outlet. I said, let's get you interviewed here first. I mean, you know, there were, this was, you know, long enough ago that there were just the four TV stations. There were two newspapers at that point. Yay. Um, And, you know, I I don't remember how many radio stations, but we could have gotten her on a lot of things. And I said, and and this was before they talked about that lovely little thing called social proof. Mm -hmm. Um, But we were going to have her book of, you know, I've done this, 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 and then we could go bigger and then we could go bigger. And at some point, maybe pitch her to Oprah. And she looked at me and she said, I'm only going to pay you to get me on Oprah. And I went, and, and I said, okay, so say I can wave my magic wand and I can get you on Oprah. This is also before Amazon. And so when you printed a book, and especially if you self-published, you had 20,000 copies of it in your garage, you know, right? Because you were going to be the fulfillment house. And so I said, okay, so we get you on Oprah. She loves your book. And you get orders for 30,000 books overnight. Can you do that? Um, and, and I said, do you see why you ramp up? <laughs> and it, it, we obviously did not work together because yeah. she, you know, she had that one goal and refused to think of, of any other way to, to get there. And I think you're, you're right. You know, people see the, the cover of Fast Company. They see being on Oprah you know, having say Kim Kardashian talk about your your product or your service, and they forget that there's all of these other steps that have to take place, and maybe even those things aren't important at all. I mean, you know, it, does it make sense for Kim Kardashian to talk about your product? Maybe, maybe not. More than likely, not. Right? Um, you know, and and so that's where communications is is such a tricky thing now. Absolutely. That's a really great example. I have a similar one, um, actually about a book as well, but the idea that, uh, going in with, um, with a media placement as a goal is not a goal, right? Media placements are, are tactics mm-hmm. that should serve another goal. And, mm-hmm. and uh, case in point, and this is, this is going to make me look bad, but I'm going to tell the story anyway, cause it's a real, it's a real zinger. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, uh, an individual had a really great book, um, that was about his recovery from traumatic brain injury mm. and how Route 66 was um, was was the catalyst for that. The okay. culture around Route 66, mm-hmm. the right. people mm-hmm. along the route. Yeah, driving across the U.S. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just a, it was a beautiful book. And mm-hmm. uh, the uh, so the, the 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 media strategy was to get him on the morning shows on all of the major markets along Route 66. Mm-hmm. Which there are many, starting mm-hmm. with LA, there's, uh, you know, going into Albuquerque, mm-hmm. all the way to Chicago. So, um, and we, we, we did a great job. We had them placed, I think, on at least six or seven morning shows, mm-hmm. all in major markets, all along Route 66. And it was a, it was a great story. Um, everything went as planned. Huge media tour. He sold two books. Oh, no. And it was a tragedy. Mm-hmm. It was a complete failure of a business mm-hmm. strategy because there was no goal. 
beyond just getting those placements. Right. You know, and if the goal was sales, we would have had partnerships with bookstores. We would have mm-hmm. done other things. But um, but yeah, I mean that's it. And, and so when I hear clients say, "I want, I want in Bloomberg," mm-hmm. my question is, okay, why? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, because of they usually say credibility, awareness, or mm-hmm. um, what's the third thing they usually say? Business. Right. Uh, so I want. I want more business. I want more mm-hmm. credibility. I want more awareness. And so uh, the first question on awareness is awareness uh, that you exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or is it about what you stand for? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and if it's about what you stand for, is Bloomberg the right choice? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's credibility, is that for what? Uh, if it's business, is that for what? And so mm-hmm. when you start asking hard questions about business strategy, Sometimes Bloomberg isn't the answer. Mm-hmm. I would say a lot of times it's not right. because many times when you're talking when you're talking like this, you haven't, as you said, done the work mm-hmm. to get there. So Bloomberg isn't going to care, you know, mm-hmm. and neither are their 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 readers. Mm-hmm. So you have to start making yourself important enough mm-hmm. for for the media to care. So I, I like to take a, a strategy where you are uh, instead of chasing the media, you're building yourself up to become. Uh, such a force or an entity that the media comes to you. Right. And that that's a much longer journey, mm-hmm. but it's about community building. Mm-hmm. And it's about uh, having a platform, something mm-hmm. you believe in, communicating about that platform mm-hmm. relentlessly to your audience. And then, and then, and then uh, it, that greases the skids mm-hmm. when you start talking to media. Now you have something to talk about. Right. You know, and, and the, the, the term now that everybody uses is influencer, you know, and, and, we used to call them experts, you know? <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and but now you know they they are influencers, and the, my problem with influencers is: are they authentic influencers, or have they been paid? Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, as as we record this, it's been about a month, um, and and it's funny. I laugh about the Kardashians, um, mm-hmm. where one of the Kardashians got in trouble. She had done a tweet about cryptocurrency. And did not disclose that she was being paid by them. Now, the funny thing is she's normally really good about that. So I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure, you know, when, and, 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 you know, I'm sure she has people, but, um, and, and ended up with a, a million plus fine. I mean, this was, you know, this was an, an expensive oopsie daisy, but, you know, it is, uh, uh, we lose the authenticity when and you know we've had paid pitch people for years i think they were you know somewhere i saw that michael jordan was probably one of the first really big paid pitch people um you know and and uh, but you know so we've we've had them for so many years but i always do stop and think okay is you know does michael jordan really wear those shoes now he probably did mm-hmm. um you know and and i you know but I laugh at, you know, the, the, uh, like Jennifer Aniston for a, a mid-level type of cosmetic. I don't think she probably uses that. Um, you know, or the, the ones that, you know, anytime you've got a celebrity, a spokesperson, whoever, <clears throat> who your, your immediate thought is, I don't think they use that. Then to me, they've lost all credibility and it's not going to matter what they say, even if I like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, the influencer marketing has become, I don't know, such a trap, I think, mm-hmm. for a lot of uh, CMOs and communications people, because they 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 view it as an ad, uh, but mm-hmm. an ad with a little bit more pull than your standard ad. Right. So so they're okay with dropping twenty grand on a Paris Hilton tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, we we actually had access to Paris Hilton on one program, and th- th- instead of doing that, what mm-hmm. we did was create kind of a funny skit like program with her. 
you know, ah. which got a lot more play. Mm -hmm. If it's going to be an ad, treat it like an ad, mm -hmm. you know, do, do the right work to mm -hmm. make that happen. But authenticity is key. Mm -hmm. And I think when you use authenticity, people see it as a buzzword. Mm -hmm. And the C-suite, uh, you know, they want to appear authentic. Right. But I think it's it, it doing the work to feel and to make sure it is mm -hmm. authentic. The best way to do that is to understand what your values are. Mm -hmm. What is your business value? What right. is your platform? What are you about? Mm -hmm. What are you after? And then find people that align with that value. Now, mm -hmm. Then you know you're authentic. Right. When you see these uh, brands get in trouble for, say, uh, greenwashing or pinkwashing or any mm -hmm. kind of washing, um, it's, it's because uh, they haven't built that as part of the brand identity. Mm -hmm. And so when they're doing, they're just playing lip service. And mm -hmm. so when, when, when some cause-oriented marketing goes out, People are like, that's totally disingenuous. Mm -hmm. You're 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 a fill in the blank. But if you are a brand that has built that as part of your identity, that you have been clear about what your platform is, mm -hmm. and there's a cause that naturally aligns to it, mm -hmm. you don't have to wonder. Right. And if somebody comes at you over, over social media over it, you can say, hey, look, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And you have the receipts. Right. Uh, and and so cause marketing is a bad word because usually it's a layer on top of something mm -hmm. that has no, no purpose. Right. Right. You know, and of course, I think now <clears throat> we look for ways to find somebody being inauthentic or dishonest, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then, of course, it just goes berserk with all of our various social media. And so it's, it is hard. I mean, you know, if you are a company that, you know, says, OK, hey, we're we're we, we're very sustainable, then you do have to back that up. Um, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, there's no fudging. There's no whatevers. Um, you know, if you're if your company is you, or you know, maybe you're the CEO, you know, then you same thing. Your values have to match. Um, you know, we see things a lot with um, you know uh, social issues where a company might have, you know, they might say, "Hey, we're very diverse. We're very, you know, all of the the, the words that we're supposed to be," um, but then their C level, their owners aren't, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know, and, and it comes back and it bites them, <clears throat> you know, and and. A great example is, you know, I'm I'm here in Atlanta and, um, you know, I like Chick-fil-A. I really mm -hmm. do like Chick-fil-A, but sometimes they're, you know, they're, they're, he is, he is actually just chairman of the board now. I don't think he has much to do with day-to-day -day decisions, but he's, you know, not real strong on LGBTQ issues. Mm -hmm. In fact, he, he has been known to be very anti. And so that carries over into the business perspective. You know, and, and that's just, that's, and, and so when you have the business saying, hey, we are very diverse, but our upper management believes something different, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. We see it across the board and it's usually legacy thinking like um, Amazon's a good example of this mm -hmm. uh, they, they, where they, I saw a campaign. I don't know if this is a national campaign, but it was hitting my Hulu mm -hmm. um, about, you know, how much they pay their employees. Right. Uh, we're, you know, $15 an hour in some places more. And I'm thinking, come on. Mm -hmm. I mean, your, your CEO is the poster child for all that is wrong in this world, mm -hmm. you know, to, to a lot of people. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and when it comes to this issue, I mean, mm -hmm. I, you say what you will about Bezos, but he's mm -hmm. not a worker's guy. You know, right. he's just not. Mm -hmm. And and we all know that. And so when mm -hmm. you put out a campaign like that, it, mm -hmm. it's just a slap in the face uh, to, to what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I were in charge of that comms, I would be talking about the efforts that we are going to do to change how our system right. is mm -hmm. in Amazon, because mm -hmm. it is deeply embedded. And I'm mm -hmm. sure that there is a desire to improve right. it, 
So what are we doing? Here's the committee that mm -hmm. we're forming. These are the people on the committee. This is mm -hmm. why we chose them. This is the work mm -hmm. we're doing. These are our goals and our milestones we're going to do to get there. Now you have a communications program built on an honest effort to mm -hmm. change how things are in Amazon. Right. And, and then we stop caring so much about what Bezos is doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, because it is about the company as opposed to, you know, and, and I don't care if you're an Elon Musk, a Bezos, a, a who, you know, Bill Gates, whoever. It does come down to the company. You know, I tell people, I like Chick-fil-A. I'm going to go buy Chick-fil-A. Um, you know, I'm, I order from Amazon practically every day, even though I don't like some of the things that they do. Part of it is, okay, it's easier. It's, you know, all of those yeah. things too. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's okay too. You know, recognizing that the consumer might not actually care about those issues and they just want to know, I'm going to get it in one day. Um, I think that was one of the biggest uproars that, that I remember hearing during the pandemic, you know, during especially the initial shutdown, was we no longer had Amazon next day, right? <laughs> um, and and oh, holy schmoly, were we spoiled. You know? <laughs> and, and and here in Atlanta and probably out in LA too, I mean, there were things we could get in four hours. Oh, sure. Um, and and so when all of a sudden the world shut down, and what do you mean I can't get my Amazon tomorrow? You know, and, and that was, you know, I didn't care about Bezos. I just wanted my Amazon right then. And <laughs> right. so- that should have been their campaign was, okay, folks, because we care about the health and safety of our workers, we can't do next day. Right. And yeah. then we that's would have all gone, okie dokie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. If that's what you actually care about. Right. So that's the thing. They don't actually mm -hmm. care about that. So right. they're not going to mm -hmm. do it. And that's that's what we mean by authenticity. Right. Um, and it's, the, you know, it's lipstick on a pig. We've mm -hmm. talked about this for generations. Mm -hmm. but that's uh, But we're seeing it in force now. And what, what, mm -hmm. what uh, we have that other generations haven't is... Um, ready and full access to all of human knowledge at mm -hmm. our fingertips. Right. And so you can't get away with this anymore. Mm -hmm. These are table stakes. Mm -hmm. Right. And of course the bad part is things that happened a long time ago come back and bite you. Mm -hmm. And you know people don't always notice when they're sharing posts all of these various things that this, you know, was was a while ago. Um I had a, a friend who was uh head of of communications for Hewlett Packard. And Somewhere, and this was a while ago, probably five, six years ago at least. Um, in fact, she's no longer there. But there was you know, a, a, a thing that went around Facebook and I'm sure Twitter and everything else at the time that talked about uh, someone who was deployed, so a military person, and wherever they were, their printer, their Hewlett Packard printer broke and HP refused to ship them a replacement. <laughs> so, of course, everybody's up in arms. Oh, my gosh, this man's off at war and yada, 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 yada. Well, of course, it was couldn't be anywhere farther from the truth. Um, not only was it, you know, a very old post, um, they, you know, HP had made it good. You know, they had actually changed their policy so that, you know, if you were in the military, they had a different return policy. I mean, all sorts of things. But, you know, it got a whole bunch of bad PR before people started going, wait. Wait, and then of course what happened was we just went on to the next thing where we all got up in arms. Right. <laughs> yeah, the uh the cycle is 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 nuts now, but uh one thing I maintain is that as long as you are communicating mm -hmm. consistently with your values mm -hmm. as a company. Um and what I mean by values are, you know, if if you if your value is mm -hmm. Amazon <clears throat> about um uh let's say your values are about making your your people thrive. Mhm. Mm and so that they can have the life that they want as an Amazon right. employee. Let's say mm -hmm. that's one of your values. Mm -hmm. As long as you are 
as long as those are your values and as long as you're mm -hmm. communicating around those values, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you step in it or not, because right. you can always back up and mm -hmm. say, no, this is, this is what mm -hmm. I believe. And, right. and, and if you're, if you're, if you don't have your values established, mm -hmm. now you might very well have values, mm -hmm. but you haven't sat down in a room with other stakeholders and said, mm -hmm. okay, how are we going to formalize these values right. and communicate them internally mm -hmm. and externally? Mm -hmm. And, and how are we, and, and that, that informs business strategy too, is that what, what business are we going to choose to do or not to do because of these values? Right. And, and, um, and how are we going to, how are we going to move these, uh, move our, our intent mm -hmm. through the society that we live in? Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, if you've done that work, social media isn't going to hurt you. Because right. you, you're always consistent with who you are. Mm -hmm. Even if people don't like who you are, that's mm -hmm. okay. We're not for you. Yeah. yeah. No, not not everybody needs to be mm -hmm. wearing Crocs. It's mm -hmm. fine. Croc wearers wear Crocs. You don't want to wear Crocs. That's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and you need to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. That's part of target marketing. It's not who do I want to buy my product? Mm -hmm. Who shares my values? Mm -hmm. And what and how can I help them create a community around right. what we do? Right. And that's, that's the approach, which mm -hmm. is... Um, uh, I'm afraid not <laughs> what people like Amazon are doing. Right. Yeah. And let's be honest, they don't care because <laughs> no, no. I'm still going to order every day. Right. right. Um, you know, and, and the other part of, of PR is also kind of building that good bank so that when things go wrong, because they do, mm -hmm. the people you know, you've, you've got kind of that bank of trust already built up. You've got your supporters. And I think now more than ever, that's, that's critical. You know, if, if, you do something wrong and somebody posts on Facebook, TikTok, wherever, you want you don't want to be the, the you know, as the company saying, well, wait, you want your thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who love you saying, now wait a minute. Exactly. Right. You know, because yeah, the company's gonna say, well, wait. But you know, if my neighbor, if you know the five thousand people that, you know, you know, all those things, if they say, now wait a minute, they are a good company. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think uh, again, you get that, those people by by being clear about your values. And I, I, I one exercise that I, I think everybody should do, and I harp on this a lot. So mm -hmm. anybody who follows me will hear hear me say this. But uh, it, you really need to define your purpose. Mm -hmm. What what is it you're trying to do, and why? Right. Because too many companies come in and say, "What I'm trying to do is make more money, or mm -hmm. improve my profit margin, or uh, get more clients, or whatever that is." And yes, okay, that's right. Yeah, you. Of course we need you are. that, or we don't function. We get. <laughs> of course that. you are, mm -hmm. but but beyond that, you know, mm -hmm. why are you trying to do that? Mm -hmm. And and if it's it's if it's not if you can't answer that without the word me or mm -hmm. I or the company, then then you need to reevaluate what you're doing. The purpose of what you're doing should be. Something mm -hmm. that helps your customers, helps mm -hmm. your community, helps your country, helps your world, whatever mm -hmm. it is. It needs to do something uh, outside of your organization. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the big difference between um, what I would call business leadership and industry leadership. Mm -hmm. Business leadership is focused on the business. Industry leadership focused on the industry. Right. And so if you're out there every day working on fixing the industry, mm -hmm. you're automatically going to get uh, all of the attention you want, mm -hmm. good and bad. But but you do that because you've defined what your purpose is. Mm -hmm. What what is about the industry that I'm trying mm -hmm. to fix, and 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 that's that alone is going to put you miles ahead over a whole bunch mm -hmm. of other business right. leaders. Right. Yeah. As as you were talking, I googled Walton or not Walton Walmart mission, hmm. and um you know originally when Sam founded the company, the mission was making a difference in the lives of our customers. Okay. Pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. And now, and I, I like this. I mean, they've, they've refined it. 
we're helping communities save money and live better all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so again, they know who their market is. There are many people who, for whatever reason, will not go into Walmart. You know, eh, whatever. Um, but, you know, for those who are, they, they're going there to save money. They're going there because it's easy. I mean, all of these various things. And, you know, living better. Well, hey, that's that's a pretty good, you know, pretty good thing. Um, now, again, people will fuss and they will say, okay, they don't pay minimum wage. They treat their employees poorly. They make me do self-checkout. Um, you yeah. know, but, right, you know, I'm like, okay, <laughs> you got to pay me if I'm going to check my stuff out. But, you know, it, it's... They've been very clear on that. And and they've never been, they've never tried to compete against Macy's, Nordstrom's, all of those things. That They knew that was not going to be where they wanted to be. Well, they've identified their role too, which is that they are a hub of communities, which mm-hmm. they very much are, especially in right. rural communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, that's, that's they've identified that they don't have an obligation necessarily to customers, but to the community that they're in. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that transcends a lot of things. It also informs a lot of programs that mm-hmm. they they perpetuate mm-hmm. and work on, you know, and that's, um, you, you know, their, their focus isn't, isn't necessarily on, on their internal culture. Although I would argue that they should focus on that, mm-hmm. but, but that that's because that's not where their dividends are. Their dividends are, are, are making the overall community stronger. Mm-hmm. And so to do that, they have to make certain business decisions, but they mm-hmm. can back that up. They have receipts. They say, look, you right. know, you may not like uh, what we pay our employees, but the reason we do it this way is because mm-hmm. we have to keep our prices low because we are a hub of a community mm-hmm. and people rely on us. And that's that is a narrative that they can push because uh, against adversity. Mm-hmm. And and that's it. I mean, we we shouldn't be as brands afraid of people not liking what we do. Mm-hmm. And if we are, that means that maybe we haven't identified why we're doing right. it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're insecure. Right. Yeah. You know, and and or we're just trying to as i said hit you know use the shotgun to try and hit something um you know and 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 i think the other thing that so many companies miss is they might have their purpose and it might even be on the wall right (laughs) you know but the employees don't believe it don't buy into it you know so how do we deal with that that disconnect well i would examine uh first of all the employees aren't buying into it are they not buying into the purpose or are they not buying into the fact that the purpose is real? Mm. Um, because I've been, I've been with companies before that put their, their mission vision value on walls and, mm-hmm. and I, and I look and, and scoff and mm-hmm. I, I work for a telecom company and I was like, Oh, come on. I I'm, I'm a lead in the customer service department. I know for a fact, this isn't how you think. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, who's going to know your authentic inauthentic more <clears throat> than your employees. Mm-hmm. And so you really need to be authentic about your purpose mm-hmm. and, and, and that purpose needs to create, um, uh, an internal culture that supports that purpose. Mm-hmm. And you do that from the top down, but it only works if it's true. Right. And uh, so there's that. Then there's also the employees that maybe aren't aligned with your purpose. Mm. And and so they, you know, and I think cultivating a culture around your purpose mm-hmm. and, and that transcends everything that, that should determine what your HR looks like. It should determine mm-hmm. what your comms looks like. It should determine what your operations look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you are, like, for example, we represented a sprinkler company whose whole purpose was really on water conservation, oh. which seems a little odd for a sprinkler company. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, it's like, well, actually, you know, that's, that's something the perfect that thing for yeah. them to be doing. They should mm-hmm. be thinking about that. And and it's not just lip service. They created mm-hmm. R&D to support this. And mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, if, if they weren't doing the R&D and it was just lip service, that's one thing. But let's say you are, you know, working for this company and you're not, you don't share that purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, was there enough work done on the internal culture to make mm-hmm. it clear to people coming in and out mm-hmm. that this is what you're about? 
because um, really creating a team and supporting your purpose should be paramount. I think, uh, and Gen Z is teaching us this lesson right now, mm -hmm. but I think companies need to spend a whole lot of time thinking about what their internal culture is. Right. And, and, and making sure that everybody is aligned around it, or if not, mm -hmm. maybe you shouldn't be with this mm -hmm. company. Right. Well, and I think we really saw that in the last two years, yeah. you know, where, you know, you all of a sudden were not in the office and did your corporate culture disappear, you know, right. and, and, you know, all of these various things. And, and I'm one of these now I've, I've home office for years, but I'm also a believer that you get a lot of what you do in your business by those little random conversations at the coffee maker, you know, all of these various things. And so when companies said, oh, we're just going to go totally work from home, then pretty soon they went, well, maybe that's not going to work. But I think, you know, it, it really was where people examined what is this company standing for? You know, if yeah. they said, hey, you know, one of our core values is family. But then when you had your four kids that you were trying to teach and do all of these various things and, and you were in trouble for it, well, wait a minute, maybe family wasn't one of your core values or, you know, flexibility. I mean, you, you know, all of these various things. And and because it happened worldwide, I think it really made those conversations just completely blow up. And doesn't matter what generation you are, you went, maybe that's not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a real, um, to, to borrow a term, a come to Jesus, I think, for a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they, uh, because they would <clears throat> propel these, 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 uh, this, this culture, but then when, when rubber met road didn't mm -hmm. actually deliver. Right. Um, and I think the, uh, one of the biggest things I saw in corporate America, um, just across the board was management having a difficult under, a difficult time understanding their role. Right. Yeah. When, because, when their little, little people were no longer under their very proverbial thumbs, what yes. do you do? How do you micromanage if you don't have anybody to micromanage? And so there was sort of a, ah, you know, panic. And we saw it happen with like, no, we need to get back to the office now. And, um, and, and, and for what? I mean, I, I think that there is a lot to be said for cultivating culture and purpose per, and person. Mm -hmm. And I think there's ways to do that. Mm -hmm. But do I really need to say I'm in LA, mm -hmm. uh, drive 45 minutes to an hour to an office right. and sit there wearing, you know, business casual mm -hmm. when I could just do it from home mm -hmm. a lot quicker, a lot more efficiently, right. a, a lot more produ productively. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's, that's the big, that's the big existential mm -hmm. question of middle management is mm -hmm. how do we, how do we, um, have a role in all of this. And I can tell you what that role should be. It should be culture. How do you, your job as a manager right. is to cultivate culture. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that doesn't mean micromanagement. That mm -hmm. means, uh, setting up processes and systems, mm -hmm. touch points and, and, and really creating a, a, a culture of support for mm -hmm. your people. And you become a resource and not a manager. Right. And that change of mindset is almost being forced upon us. Mm -hmm. By a generation that's just like, I don't need this. Right. I don't need this. I have I can, internet. I can work wherever. Yeah. And I can work for myself. I don't mm -hmm. have to work for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the opportunities for Gen Z are unparalleled. They don't have the roots that old, older generations have. Right. They don't have the responsibility. So they can just mm -hmm. make a buck doing whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And and they don't they don't need our corporate culture, mm -hmm. and so we have to make it attractive to them, and and we have to respect boundaries and mm -hmm. live the culture that we say we live. Um, but yes, the pandemic taught us all of that uh, mm -hmm. real quick, and you know I have to say as one of the driving reasons why I set off on my own is because mm -hmm. I was I I felt constrained by by the corporate structure, mm -hmm. not by the agency in general. The agency was great, but mm -hmm. but but that structure, that right. mindset. Mm -hmm. Well, and we saw the companies who had a good grasp on it before the pandemic started because then things went well because 
we were working in an office on Friday and we were not working in an office on Monday, right? I mean, right. it was there was no right. time to prepare. And so the companies that already trusted their employees, all of those various things were fine with it. Um, I had a discussion with somebody who was really bothered, but you know, he was definitely a micromanager. Mm-hmm. And he did not like that his employees were not where he could pop into their little offices at any point in time and see what was on their monitor. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 he and I said, so you don't trust them to be doing the work. Well, no, they're getting the I guess they're getting the work done. And I said, but no, you still don't trust them to be doing it. And he kind of hummed and hawed around. And I said, did you trust them when you could see them every day? And if the answer was no, then they shouldn't have been working for him. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it exactly. was just, you know, and, but if the answer was yes, then what's the difference? I mean, if you trusted them to get their work done when you could pop in on them, then you should trust them to get their work done when they're working in their basement. Right. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought up trust because that's what it comes down to. There's a, there's a fear and distrust on that level about this, about the teams. Mm-hmm. And when, 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 when teams are empowered to own mm-hmm. their own work, Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know that that means you're conveying that you trust them, mm-hmm. and when you're checking in, uh, just as a as from a position of support, mm-hmm. um, to make sure they get things done. If deadlines are missed, you right. check in to figure out mm-hmm. how to fix the process because your mm-hmm. goal as a business leader is process and building, mm-hmm. not doing and managing. Then and allow them to manage their own stuff. Uh, you know, then you don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that. But if you don't trust them something to examine. It all comes down to that. Right. Right. And, you know, and, and if you really were having to micromanage to make sure that they were getting the job done, there's a totally different issue. Um, you know, and, 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 and maybe it was that you were micromanaging. I mean, it, yeah. it could be yeah. your fault as opposed to the employees, you know, they might've been perfectly capable of doing it, but you felt that you had to, to be doing it. So it's, yeah, I, the COVID and, and I think, you know, we're still trying to find our way you know, sure. out of out of this. Companies are trying hybrid their, you know, all of these various things. And I, I love the fact now that, you know, when, when you see, say, commercials for Indeed and, you know, all of those various hiring things, one of the things that they're talking about is remote working. You know, and it used to be that was only something that was really pretty uncommon. Um, you know, if you, I, I, you know, telling somebody, hey, I'm going to work from home every Friday, they were like, no. if you do that everybody can do that you know it's like well you know i'm reachable by phone i'm reachable you know you can always you know i have zoom on all the time whatever i mean you know all of these various things so it's it's pretty easy to to you know to be knowing what's going on but um i talked with a a young man the other day and he's actually in his 30s so this kind of surprised me and i said you know tell me a little bit about yourself and in the last six years, he has been totally remote and has just moved from place to place to place. Now, he's single, which mm-hmm. does make a difference. I mean, you know, the second you start having kids that have to be in school, then things change a little bit. But he said, you know, he and, and now he's reached the stage where he wants to buy a home. He's mm-hmm. ready to, to settle down. Now, he said he'll still probably be working remotely, but, it, it, you know, so he could work from, you know, whoever. But he loved the freedom. He said, you know, I'd be a month here. I'd be six months here. And he was a consultant, obviously. And he would mm-hmm. just kind of go where the work went. And I thought, you know, that's especially as, as a youngster, that would have been great. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a, and, and that's, 
uh, the opportunity that I think this next generation has mm-hmm. is this idea that we don't have to be bound to a particular right. location or mm-hmm. company. Um, and, and the economy is going to force our hand at some point. Uh, but I, I think that um, there is a new mindset in the workforce and it, it really is about um, empowering Mm-hmm. your 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 teams to do what right. what you hired them to do mm-hmm. um and and the, if you are every minute plugged into what they're doing you're a manager you're not a leader mm-hmm. and that's uh, not that managers don't lead but mm-hmm. you know that's that's a different that's a different tack mm-hmm. and i think in this new culture we we find people that are aligned with what we want mm-hmm. they want it too you give them the tools and the trust to do mm-hmm. it Right. If it doesn't work, then, you know, mm-hmm. move on. But mm-hmm. you, you, we don't even give people the opportunity to fail. Right. And that's one of the one of the biggest concerns I have mm-hmm. about leadership now is that people can't, if, if you're micromanaging and bailing people out all the time, and it, it, first of all, you're, you're telling them that they can't, they, they, they need you to do a task. That's mm-hmm. first of all. So you're right. inserting yourself as a bottleneck mm-hmm. into the business process. They need you to do a task. And the second thing you're teaching them is that you won't allow them to fail. Mm-hmm. So they're afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they're going to rely on you right. for everything. And that means that's why you have busy email boxes, by the mm-hmm. way. And so, uh, but if they do fail, that's okay. Your business isn't going to fall apart right. because somebody made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like fix the process, fix the problem, mm-hmm. explain learn it to them, from train it. them, learn from mm-hmm. it, and move on. Now, if they continue to fail on the same thing over and over, maybe they're not a right fit. But right. Um, we have to allow people to take ownership of of their successes and their failures. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I hope comes out of all of this. Mm-hmm. Right. And as you said, that comes back to what is the purpose? You know, what are you in business to do? Because once you know that, then you know, okay, these people have to be in the office every day. It's just, you know, their function. They need to be there. Um, you know, and, and obviously we're not talking about, you know, putting things together and, you know, we, I, it's, I'm not going to build a car in my garage. Um, <laughs> no, well, I might, but, you know, um, but, but yeah, it's, it, once you know what that purpose is, then you really can start defining, here's how we can be hybrid. Here's how we can be total remote. Here's, you know, all of those various things because it all ties together. Right. And some might say, though, these are operation problems, Mark. Why are you talking about this? It, it, it all comes down to communications because mm-hmm. if we're going to uh, if we're going to create a communications platform mm-hmm. and be successful externally, mm-hmm. you have to get your house in order. Right. And a whole lot of work that I do with clients is really integrating into the organization mm-hmm. and trying to find out. How, oh, you know, what, what are we doing really? What do we mm-hmm. stand for really? And, mm-hmm. and internal comms is just as important as external right. comms. And, ex- and internal comms doesn't work if you don't have your house in order. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, all, it's all connected. It really mm-hmm. is very integrated, all of these problems. Right. Well, and I always tell people, you know, your best salespeople are, is every single employee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and if they don't think that somebody in the mail room can, you know, do something, you know, because even if it's just, you know, Hey, tell me what you do, you know, tell me what your company does. You know, you're at some big church banquet. Hey, what do you do? You know, you don't want them to say, uh, <laughs> you know, because that's, that's immediately going to make that company look bad. But if they say, Hey, I work for a great company, you know, I'm, I'm in the mail room, but it's a great company. I've got a lot of opportunity where I can move up. Maybe they want to stay in the mailroom. Who knows? Um, but but yeah, it, every single employee are your salespeople. And I think that's one of the things that so many people forget. So then they forget that internal communication. Yeah. Um, you know, I worked for a company one time where we we went from being very good at communicating internally to not. And of course, what happened was when we weren't, people made it up. <laughs> you know? They're not telling us what's going on because. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and and of course they came up with the worst case scenarios. Um, you know, and 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 you know, I also have, have spent time doing media training with people, and I tell them, you know, you don't want the reporter to have that gap in there because they'll fill it in themselves also. So it's and it's it's perfectly okay to say I don't have the answer right now, but I'll get mm-hmm. it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to say why, I mean, this is not something I thought about, uh, right. you know, thank you for mm-hmm. bringing it up. That's, you know, that kind of communications is, mm-hmm. is, is key. And, and too often I see this across the board too, is the C-suite wants to be very insular about what they communicate mm-hmm. about. Um, and, and so that creates an us and them sort of situation, mm-hmm. but, and, and companies like some of the companies I'm working with now are really great about this, about just, you mm-hmm. know, telling you everything. It's like, look, this is what right. we're going through. This is mm-hmm. what I think. This is what we're trying to deal with. Mm-hmm. And by the way, take the survey, tell us what you think. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that kind of back and forth communication right. is, is so good because you're tearing mm-hmm. down the walls mm-hmm. and you're making sure that everybody understands we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. It's not us and them. Right. And now I think that's even more important than ever, especially if your your if your workforce is everywhere, <coughs> because you know you need to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Yeah, yeah, and and that they have the freedom to talk to you about problems that you know, and, and they're not going to be. Everybody says, "Oh, we have an open door policy," but mm-hmm. I've worked for companies that say that, but it's not true. And, right. and you go and, to that and, door, and <laughs> right? <laughs> Right. So, you know, the, but but just proactively bringing uh, people into the conversation. One thing that I love, uh, love about one of the companies I work with is drinks um, and they have a really great in-house culture. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I love about them is that they will um, uh, they, they will openly ask mm-hmm. for feedback kind of on a regular basis. Right. And and then uh, they will they will also communicate to mm-hmm. to the staff what's going on. Mm-hmm on a daily basis and that that sort of back and forth it it it, it means then that everybody has an equal voice mm-hmm. even if you are uh, a gen z just starting mm-hmm. out or a boomer has been there for a long time you you all get heard mm-hmm. and 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 that I, not enough companies do that right well and then when you combine those so you know you've got the gen z saying well what about you know if we use tiktok and the the baby boomer goes the what's it is that the thing with the dancing people yeah you know and and um you know and and so then that's where you have the opportunities to kind of have this this learning from everybody you know because the gen z people might not get the message that needs to be but you know that that the the baby boomers are like here's what we need to tell people you know safety Mm -hmm. is the greatest thing you know all of those various things and so then when you have that combination then that collaboration that's where the, the things are really going to go forward. And you build an environment where it's safe to have that, you know, where right. people aren't going to be shut down because they're, mm-hmm. they're too young or shut down because they're, they don't, mm-hmm. they're not in this department right. or shut down because they are remote and I'm not mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that, 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 if it's an open forum like that, it's going not, you're not going to take everybody's ideas, but you know, everybody should be heard. Right. Yeah. And that's, um, I, I think that's one of the key learnings mm-hmm. we're getting out of this. Right. Out of this era. Yeah, you know, and and you know, now the big thing that they're talking about is the what do they call it? The quiet resignation, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. they're still working, but they're not. They're doing mm-hmm. the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I, you know, I I don't. It, that's always been there. Um, you know, and, <laughs> and, and but I think now more so maybe than than ever because we don't have that communication. We're not seeing, you know, hey, Mark might be struggling a little bit. You know, is there something we need to do to help him? You know, uh, all of these various things, because, you know, we, we don't see everybody every day. Uh, so, you know, when they're just putting in just the minimum, might look like it's okay. But in an office environment, you might have noticed. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I think there's two currents to that trend. One is that uh, I'm just going to do the bare minimum because I don't believe in what I'm doing and I'm going right. to ch- check out mm-hmm. um, until I find something better. Right. I mean, We're not talking world. about sabotaging you. <laughs> right. It's no, just, no, uh, just I'm going to do uh, just do the what minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the other current to that is I'm, I'm going to only do what I was hired to do. Right. And I think there are two different things going on because mm-hmm. because uh, I'm seeing both narratives. But the, mm-hmm. the, the, the expectations that organizations have on how much a person commits to the organization. Mm-hmm. are too high mm-hmm. and, and we have, we've cultivated as a society a culture where we're uh, working on saturdays or you know turning down family events mm-hmm. for the, the for the purpose of the company mm-hmm. is okay and admired right and, and really it's not and, right. and w- i think mm-hmm. we're learning that boundaries are good and that mm-hmm. we should respect those boundaries and we should not make our employees work on the weekends mm-hmm. if they don't have to right. and we should uh, allow them to have the flexibility to be with their families mm-hmm. and um it, and so what we what what's happening with the great resignation is that all of these people are leaving organizations. And so they're putting those roles on the people who stay behind. Mm-hmm. And so now they're doing twice the work for right. the same pay. Yeah, for the and, same pay. Mm-hmm. And that's when they're rolling. It's like, wait, nope. Mm-mm. No, I'm going to check out at five. I will mm-hmm. see you on Monday morning. Right. And, that's not you know, in my job description. Right. And so, so both need to be addressed. So mm-hmm. two different problems that are happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, it does come back to being authentic, knowing what your purpose is, all of those various things. And obviously communication, um, you know, yeah. it just, it, it absolutely has to happen. Well, oh my gosh, Mark, we have been chatting for an hour. This has been fabulous. Um, we definitely have to do it again because this was, was very interesting. But until then, tell us more about your company and what are the services that you provide? Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I'm with Renovata, co-founder of Renovata, which is a, um, a communications company. We, we really view ourselves as consultants more than as an agency. Okay. Um, and our, our focus is really on, uh, on the C-suite and getting communications line, lined up in an order. And that typically means finding purpose, creating the messaging track, mm-hmm. but then also creating the downstream uh, content mm-hmm. that needs to come out to support that. So while it is sort of PR, it's really much more in a macro communications mm-hmm. and involves everything from podcasts, uh, you know, op-eds and everything in between, mm-hmm. really thought leadership kinds of programming. Um, and we're getting into production too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, want to stick around with Renovata as we launch some really exciting podcasts and mm-hmm. docu-series that we're developing. And um, this is a really exciting time for us right now. Very cool. I love it. Well, how do they reach you? Uh, I think renovata.vision is the best place at this point because all of our stuff is on there. Um, I am on LinkedIn. That's the best place to reach me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just look for Mark Havener. I think I'm the only one in the Western world named that. So you should be able to find me. And, uh, And yeah, that's probably the best place at this point. I love it. I love it. Well, Mark, this really has been fascinating. And and like I said, we'll have you on again because this has been such a great discussion. But do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? I think that uh, my 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 biggest thought is uh, we need to start thinking about our world in terms of uncertainty because that's not going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And so all of the topics we discussed today are about kind of rejecting this 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 twentieth century mindset for a new mindset. And the new mindset is about resiliency, making your people thrive, making sure your 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 constituents thrive, and and making change in the world. I love it. Well, this really has been a delight. I'm Deb Creer. I have been having a wonderful conversation with Mark Havener from Renovata. All of a sudden, my COVID throat cropped up. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I look forward to the next time that we chat. And until then, everyone have a great day. 
Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.